hello, hello, and welcome to the Prickly Pens podcast. We are on episode 78. We're three friends, three writers, sharing not only our writing journeys, but a window into our conversations around the art of storytelling in the various formats like books, films, and video games, and also selective topics that makes us ponder or generally piss us off. Let's start with introductions. Hi, I'm Gabby. Hi, I'm Julia. And I'm Michelle. Welcome to Prickly Pens. Gabby. Take it away, Gabby. <laughs> so this week, um, I wanted to, uh, I guess, by the time this episode comes out, it'll be hitting towards the end of summer or a summer break for the United States. Um, and all the people go back to school, all the kids, or people start, you know, university. And so kind of, I guess, a semi-positive episode of, like, we're going to talk about underrated things that we just want to gush about and maybe before you go back to school you can watch or read or play something <laughs> that might cheer you up a bit before going back <laughs> to the daily grind <laughs> and <laughs> so um so yeah so i'm doing or for the general person who's already working yeah because <laughs> <laughs> i yeah. don't know how many college people are listening yeah yeah people who are working if you have some if you hear something for your end of summer to to enjoy um but yeah so we're going to talk about some un- underrated stuff on different mediums stories and so the first one underrated movie that i want to highlight is the world's end by uh, directed by edgar wright and written by simon pegg and Ed- edgar wright and starring simon pegg nick frost uh, Martin Freeman, Eddie Marson, and a Pierce Brosnan, bunch of uh, British actors. Um, and if you know the Cornetto trilogy, which was by Edgar Wright, starring Simon Pegg and Nick Frost, um, that was when they did Shaun of the Dead, being the first one in the trilogy. The second one being Hot Fuzz, and the final one is The World's End. And it's never talked about. People talk about Shaun of the Dead and Hot Fuzz a lot, but they don't really talk about The World's End, and I love The World's End. <laughs> and um, the I think the only, I guess the thing about the Cornetto trilogy is that they're comedy movies, but... Um, highlighting like another genre as well kind of approaching it in a different way so the first one sean of the dead being a zombie film a comedic zombie film and um it kind of reminds me of like a little bit of like a shakespearean story in that it's a comedy until it's not where which usually it becomes a tragedy because in sean of the dead Spoiler, but it's been out for many years. <laughs> it's been out <laughs> since 2008, I think it came okay. out. I can't okay. remember. But it's um, been a while. Over a decade, so that's long enough. <laughs> and But go watch it. It is right now on Amazon Prime, I believe. All three. All three Oh, of all them. three. Okay. Yeah. All three yeah. are on right, right now, I've, so go I watch it. I didn't know about this the world's end, end yeah. when I only watched the other two. I didn't realize. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, the world's, world's end, end is the final of the quote-unquote trilogy. Okay. Um, 
but yeah, that kind of like it's comedic until um basically until his mom is bit. Mm-hmm. And then it becomes real. <laughs> like basically when they get to the pub. Um it it doesn't it's a comedy until that point and then it's like a string of tragedies <laughs> after. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah. Um so it's kind of like that where it's like it's a comedy until it's not. And then Hot Fuzz is highlighting the police procedural in a very comedic way. Very funny. Also highlighting uh how it's always what the the British countryside show mm-hmm. <laughs> cop show that is like usually smaller crimes <laughs> and then you have this London cop coming in and it's like actually this major thing that is just equal to something that you see in London and <laughs> yeah because he thought he was going to a boring a boring town and boring town it turns village. out it's not a boring town yeah right um so yeah the world's end like I said directed by Edgar Wright and it came out in 2013. It's a apocalyptic sci-fi fiction comedy movie. And much like the first two, it's a big twist. It's a, Ooh. it's a, it's like, it's a, com- a classic comedy until it's not. And I don't want to okay. spoil it because no. it's a really yes. good twist. Oh I don't want to okay, say great. what happens. Okay. <laughs> I've probably talked about it before, but I really don't want to say what happens. Okay. But it's, um, it's kind of interesting because Simon Pegg, who normally is the straight man in the movies, in the most level-headed, sometimes even the most intelligent, is the dumb, the dumb, silly one in it. And Nick Frost is the friend mm-hmm. who is the more serious character. They are such a good pairing, comedically. Yeah, they're, they're so good just, together. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and you do see actors who were in the first two, um, like Martin Freeman's in Shaun of the Dead for like a hot second, and then he's in it for a little bit in Hot Fuzz. And then this one, he is like a full character. That's the guy who played the Hobbit. Yeah, he was um, Bilbo yes. Baggins, <laughs> and um, or in Sherlock. Among other things, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah Sherlock. <laughs> love actually. <laughs> right. Yeah, he's an extra. <laughs> so, yeah. The body doubles. So. <laughs> um, but yeah, and it's a movie about, even though it's a comedy, horror sci-fi Mm -hmm. it is a it's about not being able to move on um being stuck uh the feeling of being stuck almost in time and almost looking back at your glory days and never getting past never moving on Mm. um and that's kind of what the main characters are dealing with and that's what it's truly about um yeah that's the conflict yeah among the friends. Yeah. You know, when you have that one person who, who is living like in the it. past. Yeah. And the past glory, but yeah. then right. it really wasn't as funny as they're <laughs> yeah, remembering when you, it. Yeah, when you're adult and you're making the that. same jokes. <laughs> oh, I was going to say it reminds me of that the Hugh Grant film when he was an aging pop star. I forgot the name of the film. You remember with um, Drew Barrymore, and he was like living, you know, basically she, off of his former glory. I think so. Oh, I feel like I remember that. She was singing. They it's, were singing. It was like something in notes, music and notes, lyrics and lyrics and yes, yes, notes, lyrics and notes, music and lyrics. Yeah, yeah, music and lyrics. 
like you something musical. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I remember that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it's that that kind of thing yeah. that is the theme. Yeah, throughout. Throughout. Yeah. Um and like like you said, it's it's with a twist. Yeah, with a twist. <laughs> with um a, and trying a, to like a sci-fi almost horror twist. Fix past mistakes. Mm-hmm. Um but it's kind of like realizing maybe later that you maybe can never fix them despite what you do, yeah. you know. So yeah, it's it's definitely a movie about moving on. Um but it's a perfect I feel like end to the Cornetto trilogy and <laughs> kind of fitting uh title The World's End. <laughs> yeah. I know they asked him if they were going to do more and he's just like yeah. no. He's he said that pretty much like he likes doing new things, Simon Pegg. Um so he I mean he said he of course would work with Nick Frost and Edgar Wright again. He just wouldn't do or that that a trilogy <laughs> like that again because he's like new ideas <laughs> yeah so which makes sense i think most most creatives i think they've all grown beyond that yeah. yes um yeah style yeah, yeah yeah um so did you want me to go on to the next thing to highlight or did you guys want to do oh, your movies well, and then... well yeah let's all do our movies yeah. um <laughs> julia well did my you have movie, a movie? Yes. Oh, yes. It's uh, Stonehurst Asylum. And that probably doesn't sound familiar to you. Mm -mm. It basically um, is a movie that was based off of um, an Edgar Allan Poe story. And if this thing would just open, here we go. Um, It was basically or previously known as Eliza Graves. But then I guess they decided Stonehurst Asylum was a better fit. It's an American Gothic film directed by Brad Anderson and written by Joseph Gangemi. And it's loosely based on the short story, The System of Dr. Tarr and Professor Fedda by Edgar Allan Poe. It stars Kate Beckinsale, Jim Sturgis, Michael Caine, Ben Kingsley, and David Thewlis. And it was released October 24th, 2014. It's one of my favorite movies because there's a twist. Don't want to spoil it, but I mean, it's just so good. And it's basically about a young doctor who goes to practice asylum medicine and he becomes obsessed with this one patient and then slowly starts to realize that something is wrong. That's all I will say. It's so good. (laughs) Yeah, he becomes obsessed with this woman who's a patient. Mm -hmm. And he wanted to practice asylum medicine. And, you know, it's like some of the things that they're doing there are like unorthodox. And so Mm. you slowly start to learn about the cast of characters. And it's just the way it unfolds and the way... Because I usually am not surprised by things that happen. But Mm. this one was really good. It was so really was good. this is is it a modern story or no? It's set uh, historical. It's a historical novel. Mm-hmm. You can tell by the way they dress. Oh, like you that. said Edgar Allan Poe, of course. Right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I didn't to... know whether they were doing a modern, mm. modernized modern take it. on it. No, mm-hmm. I would mm-hmm. say it's like in the early 1900s. I guess maybe. Okay. Mm. Yeah. Who directed the movie? It was directed by um, Brad Anderson. Okay. Mm-hmm. Don't know. But I mean, nobody ever talks about this. And when I mention the mm-hmm. name, everyone like is blank. And yeah. yeah. One I vaguely I... remember the name, but I don't remember the trailer. So even as you're talking, it's complete blank to yeah, me. And, and there's such great 
actors in it. It's just mind blowing mm. that no one talks about yeah. it. Um, but what, what, why did you like it? I think the interaction of the characters, because you know, there's a love story in there. You know me. Um, <laughs> it was just such great acting, such mm-hmm. great acting. And like I said, the twist was like mind blown. Mind mm-hmm. blown. And so, I'm usually not surprised. So it was like the the story, the storyline was good mm-hmm. and the pacing of it. The pacing it. was also very good. I would say um, just the way it was set up initially mm-hmm. and just the way you pick up, like I said, like things were wrong and you're like, what is wrong with it? Like what? Like it's unorthodox mm-hmm. and you're thinking, mm-hmm. you know, maybe that's the way they are there. You know what I mean? Right. That they're trying new things and like cutting edge stuff and mm. yeah. Is it it's, one of those movies where you have to watch it multiple times to understand, to see? No, everything? no. Uh-uh. Oh, okay, okay. No, it's not like that. <laughs> okay. It's just, <laughs> I know I'm not explaining it very well because <laughs> no, yeah, my brother-in-law was funny. also like, what is it about? I'm like, well, there's an asylum and yeah. a young doctor who's going there and everything seems okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it is, I think it's just one of those, you got to watch it yourself. One of those. So, right. Is, and then, is, go ahead. Well, I was going to say Kate Beckinsale plays one of the patients there and you mm-hmm. learn that she was abused by her husband and the, you know, the way that it was thought of as like it was his right, but she was very like extreme in her defense of herself and, but she's there for her own good and it's just, yeah, it was a really, really interesting. Is it streaming anywhere? Where oh you know what you can see it right now I just rewatched it and it was on what platform where you could see it but with commercials. No, IMDb uh, was it freebie? It might be free to be. To be. Oh my god! It kills me with all these platforms. Um, <laughs> well, we could have seen that in New York. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we could have. It's a period piece, is what they're calling it too. It's very atmospheric. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know. It's almost like it's a little creepy because, you know, mm-hmm. asylums always are. Yeah. So, yeah. I love mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. Love it. All right. Well, um, the one I chose is, I, I, I have it as underrated, although when peop, it is popular for, I think, film Film buffs, probably. Film buffs. Yeah. So, and that is Old Boy, but the 2003 Korean the original. version, the original. Yeah. Um, There's two versions out now, and other versions. it, I saw this movie when I started looking at Korean dramas, and that was because Netflix, at the very beginning, had <laughs> a huge yeah. amount of Korean oh, movies. And I'm not talking about these TV shows that they have on there now, I'm talking about really good um, movies um, from back in the day. And I happened, they had all three because it's a trilogy, um, the Vengeance trilogy. And it is, um, I think it's like Lady Vengeance and 
Let me take my glasses off so I can see. Sympathy for Mr. Vengeance, then Old Boy, and then um, Lady Vengeance. And all three are fantastic. So focusing on Old Boy, um, it is considered a neo-noir action thriller film directed and co-written by Park Chan-wook. And it is a loose adaptation of the Japanese manga of the same name. And so it's about a man who is imprisoned in a cell which resembles a hotel room for 15 years without knowing the identity of his captor nor his captor's motives. When he's finally released, he finds himself still trapped in a web of conspiracy His own quest for vengeance becomes tied in with romance when he falls in love with a young, attractive sushi chef. Um, And this one has a massive twist. And like, you gotta watch. And like all Korean films, there is always. (laughs) um, (laughs) If you did bad, yeah, (laughs) in the beginning you're going to pay a steep price. That's yeah. Korean movie yeah. 101. Wow. You do not get redemption. They, they don't have much redemption in there. But, people. well, their redemption isn't our. Yeah, yeah. It, like, they, they do learn, they do learn the error of their ways, but you pay a steep price, yeah. which can be death. Yeah. <laughs> you still, you, like our people might be redeemed fully and then like, and go our, live a happy go life. Go live a right. happy life and that's part of their redemption. And, right. the, and for Korea, no, that's no. not. <laughs> so like, <laughs> let me switch to Train of Busan. The guy in the beginning was um, uh, like a workaholic and he didn't, look after his kid properly he was he was a single parent um divorced parent and so he wasn't a good father so this that train to busan and what occurred with the zombies brought out his fatherly qualities um but there was a price to pay for not being the the good, the good father, father in the right beginning away. yeah and so oh i saw the movie uh, yeah. right so yeah. what happened to him is the price yeah. he had to pay yeah. for his redemption and, and that's um as a father and that's typical korean story so um he's sometimes easy to predict about who will make it by the end of the movie and who right. yeah. so now i'm seeing a now, little bit more variety right now they are <laughs> now they're leaning to the western yeah where the western people, influence people live. <laughs> where people do live and go on and have a happy life but those early movies oh yeah it was dark. oh my gosh and and because i didn't know this i was watching these movies back to back to yeah, back so and i was like, like oh what gosh. the heck yeah. and i learned the pattern yeah. so i, I wow. started setting up my expectations yeah like it's like i'm oh, like you're, you're not, not gonna make it, it. Yeah. <laughs> you start you start like mm, you're not gonna. so uh, even another, the dramas are like that like and, you know like oh you're not you're not getting a girlfriend by the so end of this. another movie <laughs> man from nowhere oh my um, gosh, that one which amazing. i just absolutely Love the yeah. movie, love, and then it's dark. You know, yeah. Korean Korean stuff can get dark, and I'm yeah. fine. I'm not Old that triggered. Dark. So if you are so, watching it, be in a headspace um, that you know it's going to be pretty dark. Yeah. So with that one, he was also um, someone who 
his his wife he's a, he was a cop and then his wife was killed um in front of him and um i think he i don't know if he went on a killing spree or something it was something that he was set up in the in the beginning his he, he did whatever he did ended up going to live by himself and so on and then this little kid is becomes part of a human organ a human trafficking organ thing, um, theft, um, where they kidnap the kids and do take organs and stuff. And so he becomes the hero for that. But even though he's the hero and he's, he redeems himself or whatever his actions were in the beginning at the end, there's a price to pay. Um, and he's, but, and he sacrifices, um, for that. So himself, yeah, but, Going back to, so I'm just <laughs> just getting you ready. I had to do all that because yeah. old boy has a twist and that redemption arc is harsh. <laughs> oh my gosh, thank end, you for the heads up. Don't talk about the end. No, I'm not, okay, talk, I'm okay. not talking about the end. Um, so it attained critical acclaim and accolades worldwide. Um, it won the Grand Prix at the 2004 Cannes Film Festival, where it garnered high praise from Quentin Tarantino, who was the president of the jury. Um, film critic Roger Ebert, who is no longer with us, but um, he stated that Old Boy is a powerful film, not because of what it depicts, but because of the depths of the human heart, which it strips bare. The film's action sequences were also a big thing and it was done on a single shot um this fight sequence it's regarded as one of the best films ever made um and be- is part of the best of on a lot of lists but why I say it was underrated is because it's a foreign film um foreign to Americans um that it it bubbled up a little bit when it hit Netflix and people saw it everybody was talking about it when it came out and then, you know, it kind of drifted off. Then um, the, I'm looking at my notes here. Then, you know, good old, between Bollywood and Hollywood, <laughs> Bollywood um, copied a film without um, really going official with their copying. And uh, so it was called Zinda or Zinda, and it was directed by Sanjay Gupta and bears a striking resemblance to <laughs> oh, Old no. Boy, but it's not an officially sanctioned remake. Um, it was reported in 2005 that it was under investigation for violation of <gasps> copyright. Shame on you. Um, and so... You know, the lawyers and stuff got involved and the producers of Old Boy, who had they had sold the rights to DreamWorks in 2004, initially expressed legal concerns, but no legal action was taken as the studio, that Bollywood studio was shut down, had shut down. So they didn't go after them because the, the studio had shut down, I guess, after the film. I don't know. But... Um, American the American film remake was by Steven Spielberg 
Um, Steven Spielberg did this one in 2013. He originally intended to make a version of the movie starring Will Smith in 2008. He commissioned screenwriter Mark... Uh, I can't even read the, the name. But anyway, he was going to a screenwriter for an adaptation, but he pulled out of the project in 2009. And an American remake directed by Spike Lee was released 2013. Um, but it got a 39% of critic reviews on Rotten Tomatoes um, for the remake. And this is where I also fall in this with the same thing that I was starting out about Steven Spielberg. I feel the same thing about Spike yeah. Lee, where it's like certain things, your style doesn't fit and not that you can't do it because you obviously you did but something got lost in translation and oh boy the original i don't want to see anybody touch it it's yeah. like this movie is perfect just the way it is wow how it was done by so the people who did it <laughs> also it is, there's a lot of reasons and ties for things that are related to korean culture or generally East Asian culture that I think is lost in the West. That yeah. Like oh, some of the stuff is not. Yeah. Yeah, lot, yeah. It's like, this is just, we don't do that in Western stories. So Right. And the, right. So it's, it's certain yeah. things about the storyline, um, mm-hmm. which is, would not work in an American story. Yeah. Um, it, it just wouldn't, we, our sensibilities wouldn't, um, let us get past that. Um, even if it was, even if the reasoning made sense, mm. um, we wouldn't do it. Yeah. Um, I was able to, to get past look at it, it with, right? yeah, I didn't have any, uh, reservations about it at all. Um, and when you, the, the storyline, the trilogy, as I said, the Vengeance trilogy is all about things, bad things that have happened to people in their past yeah. and the the level that they will go to get revenge um, yeah. and dish out some vengeance. And would and you that's say what it is. that it's important to see all three movies in order to understand everything? No, or you no, can no. see it alone? Just, okay. No, ju- just like Hot yeah, Fuzz like and, and oh, just I like see. Hot Fuzz and um, Shaun of the Dead, Shaun and, and, Dead yeah, and yeah. World's End. Even though it's called a trilogy, it's more thematic like trilogy than going through it. Yeah. characters. Got it. Got yeah, it. yeah, yeah. So, and um, yeah, Lady Vengeance, um, that last one, whoo. Um, and, but this one, the actor who who was old boy, um, he, or it doesn't know his name, um, in the movie, it was Dae Su Oh, and Min Sik, Min Sik Choi is the actor's name. And he's been in other stuff, and, um, and he's like one of the older Korean actors. Was he in, was he in, um, what do you call it, uh, I think he's the father in Parasite. In Parasite. 
I think so. Oh, yeah. Is he's the father? <laughs> Mind blown. Is he? I know. No, he's not. He's not. Okay, oh, I can't on, remember. <laughs> anyway, Gabby's looking that up. But this is. I mean, and oh, I, I know what in August because the movie came out two thousand three, so it's twenty years old. Yeah, he's not. Um, it is. I think because we watched a bunch of Korean movies like back to back at that time, so like <laughs> right. our brain, I think the cast kind of everybody exactly. was yeah yeah merged. no no yeah it's not <laughs> but yeah, um, everyone merges into like one ca- big cast. Uh, August sixteenth, they plan to re-release the twentieth and for the twentieth anniversary, they're planning to re-release Old oh Boy. So hopefully, then I saw the devil. Okay. Oh, hopefully. Netflix might pick it up or okay. one of the so other you don't streaming know things. My next question is where is it streaming? Because I need yeah. to see it. Yeah. So I will, you know, just keep an eye out. Like I said, August 16th, it's re releasing. It's okay. 20 years old. So some streaming thing might pick it up. Netflix has said that they're investing over a billion dollars in Korean, um, uh, you know, movies and stuff like that. So hopefully they bring back the trilogy and you can get to see all three of them. Um, but Oh Boy 2003 is the the underrated movie. Hey, so now we go off to TV shows. Um, oh. So an underrated show that I want to highlight is um, Miracle Workers. And it is a originally a um, 2019 comedy. It's still on. It's been on for four seasons now. Um, it's an anthology comedy. So each season is a different um, genre of or a different story, but same actors. They play different characters, but same actors and same general themes of comedic style. And um, so it stars Daniel Radcliffe, who I love, um, Steve Buscemi, uh, uh, Geraldine um, Viswanathan, I hope I said that correctly, Karen Sony, John Bass. Um, and there's a couple other people who come up several times in the series, but but those are the core four people. And normally, it's it's kind of focused on Daniel Radcliffe's character, Daniel's character, and Geraldine's character. Um, and the first one, um, like I said, is different comedy situations. So it's different periods in time. Originally, it's called Miracle Works because the first season is about Geraldine's character. She dies and goes to heaven, and in heaven, everyone's given like a job. It's like almost like an office like the office it's almost like an office so she's given miracles to work with that's her thing why it's called miracle miracle workers and she meets daniel um and she becomes his partner and it turns out he does miracles but he does small miracles so when you like lose your keys and you pray to find your keys he does that miracle (laughs) (laughs) he's the one that told me i was holding it in my other hand yeah, <laughs> that's not and, funny. I'm just kidding. <laughs> and Geraldine wants to her character wants to do more. Like mm-hmm. she has a desire to to do big miracles, like you know, like stopping the tsunami from hitting a town or something. She wants that. So throughout the series, throughout the the this this season, she is trying to do bigger miracles and get more involved. But because 
she doesn't understand. She just keeps messing things up and things get worse. <laughs> like she makes bad things happen, <laughs> that sort of thing. Um, and Steve Buscemi plays God and he's hilarious <laughs> because um, he's like, he run he runs it like uh, almost like Elon Musk with Twitter. It's like a, it's, it's like an incompetent but powerful person Aww. in charge of heaven. Yeah, and um, I'm and glad yeah, you're and, telling me this because I tried watching the first episode and I couldn't uh, okay. even get through it. But you're saying stick stick with it. Stick it with it. Better. I loved okay. it as soon as I saw it. But I say stick with it. Okay. Um, I think each season gets better and better. So yeah, the first okay. season is is I mean it's a comedy. I I found it funny, and then um, God's assistant is hilarious. The guy who plays him, Karen Sony, he <laughs> he is hilarious. Um, and then second season, Daniel Radcliffe's character, he's a prince. Uh, they have a lot of guest actors from oh. uh, like big guest I like actors. That. Yeah. So the second season, Daniel Rex's character, he's a prince. It's a medieval town. He's a prince. And um, his father is this warmongering uh, guy. And he, meanwhile, is a sensitive, soft guy who, <laughs> the prince. <laughs> and so his dad is trying to, like, toughen him up. And he's, he, has a pet, he has a pet duck. <laughs> and he's very nice and sweet. So it's like that conflict, as well as Geraldine's character. And she wants to do more in life, but it's a medieval thing. So she's stuck. She's a woman in the medieval era. And also she's a poor woman in the medieval era because <laughs> her family are the shit shovelers, which was Aww. actually a job back then, but oh, <laughs> that's oh. their, that's their last name. So <laughs> she is like, I don't want to do this all my life. <laughs> yeah. Mr. Shit shove. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and Steve Buscemi is her father. Who's like proud. Like this is our, this is our heritage. <laughs> God. But yeah, it's a silly show. Um, the third season is Danny Radcliffe plays a priest and he has to get them. He plays a priest that's going on the um, Oregon Trail. So he's trying to get his village, village, his town from whatever city in the Midwest to the or- to Oregon. Um, and they are uh, very sinful people. So he's a priest trying to keep everyone <laughs> from sinning and it's hilarious <laughs> and there's a very famous scene where um he is dancing in like lingerie <laughs> because he gets drunk on absinthe <laughs> oh god yeah it's a <laughs> hilarious scene um but yeah i love the show and it's super underrated no one talks about it that much i, I mean think- it has a niche yeah. following like people and there's a i mean the fact that there's four seasons so people are definitely watching it but it's definitely not as popular as, a, as i think it should be um right has he gotten any nominations uh let's see uh as far as i know no mm-hmm. yeah it got choice comedy tv okay. um and a teen choice award but that's about it but it's mm-hmm. like it's, i think it's underrated it's silly um, it's sillier comedy, but yeah. yeah, the season four came out recently, and that one is a post-apocalyptic, like a Mad Max mm. style. Um, I watch it on an HBO, so it's delayed release on mm. HBO Max. Um, so is it, um, is that a set for? 
seasons or is it ongoing? I think it's on. It's ongoing. Oh, it's ongoing. Okay. Yeah, but um, it, I think it got good reviews in general. Though. Yeah, it gets good reviews, and and it's it's one of the. It's not necessarily a laugh out loud all the time, but it's definitely a heartwarming. Like the storylines are heartwarming, and mm-hmm. it's a kind of a feel good by the end, um, even if it's not a, just a straight up hilarious show. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, and which the themes like. Geraldine's character, she always wants more than she has. And that's kind of a, a theme that I see a lot in in the show. Daniel is always trying to... not. He's always trying to kind of... he Him and Geraldine's character always like each other. That's one kind mm. of constant. They're always... Right. If not, if they're not romantically involved, but they definitely have a connection right. to each other. And so he's always trying to impress her, which you see throughout the series in very silly ways. <laughs> and, and yeah. Um, so you have, yeah, you have stuff like that. Steve Buscemi's character is always silly. <laughs> and <laughs> he always plays a silly character in, mm-hmm. this, in the series, who is a kind of a bumbling idiot, but a well-meaning bumbling idiot. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, so it's, but I love the series. I think it should get more attention. I'm so glad they keep getting renewed for um No. What is it seasons. called again? Miracle Workers. Miracle Workers. Okay. Yeah. It's the yeah. only reason she keeps HBO yeah. oh. subscription. Okay. <laughs> so it normally comes out. out on <laughs> TBS. Um mm. and that's where it comes out on. Oh, okay. But I thought it was an HBO sanctioned. Well, show. it's owned by T- mm. TBS is owned by HBO. Oh, so, okay. Um, what a tangle T- web we weave. It, <laughs> HBO is is canceling the channel TBS, so they don't know if, if it will just move to Max. Oh mm. my gosh! Fully. Okay. So we're not sure yet. So so far, it has not been canceled. Um, mm-hmm. Luckily, since it's an anthology, um, it's not one of those where like you feel like you're missing like a Netflix where they just ended halfway through a season. <laughs> Everything is right. a neat button on it. Um, but yeah, so I definitely would recommend watching it. It is really good comedy, like a light comedy show, lighthearted. If you don't want anything heavy, it's, it's nice. It's a nice show. The endings are always sweet. Is it half hour? Yeah. yeah. Each episode's about 30 minutes, mm-hmm. probably a little less because of commercials. And, um, yeah. And if you want to see like. Daniel Radcliffe, because I know a lot of people think of him, you know, as Harry Potter. But I've watched a lot of his movies <laughs> since Harry Potter and during Harry Potter because he did a lot of indie films that I watched. And I mean, the man's got range and he can do comedy really well. He's really funny. Yeah. So, Lady in I Black, think, he was awesome in that. Oh, yeah, I saw that. That was a terrifying movie. But yes, I, I saw say, that. That's a comedy? No, no, that's, no, no, that's, a, that's what I thought. It was scary. Because she said he's really funny. She's like Lady in Black. Yeah, no. Oh, no. It's only thing I could think of that he's been in since Harry Potter. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, he's he's really good. He's, he's good, like, comedy. Mm-hmm. You can do a yeah, lot of good about comedies. Yeah. I think, he's got good timing. I think he's an underrated actor because I think people yes, just think of Harry Potter. And yeah. right. I'm like, because some people. Right. I see you like, oh, well, and Harry Potter did this. And I'm like, he was 17 when he filmed yeah, that. No. Yeah. Meanwhile, he's now 32. I'm yeah. like, I think there's some there's some time between yeah. the two. <laughs> yeah, well, he can he can shake off his Harry Potter yeah. acting. Yeah. <laughs> and um, I'm so used to watching Miracle Workers in a 
because of the comedy stuff mm-hmm. right. that when I like rewatched Harry Potter recently, like, oh yeah, this is not a comedy. Like he's, <laughs> he's actually straight. This is not a, yeah. <laughs> it's not going to do something silly or yeah. say something. No tongue in cheek. Yeah. <laughs> Very. But yeah, I, again, I recommend it. Um, and hopefully that we get a season five mm-hmm. and I'm excited to watch season four. I haven't watched it yet. I was watching, I was waiting for it to come to HBO. I don't think it has. I have to check because mm-hmm. it, it's delayed release on HBO from TV. So, oh, okay. Yeah, uh, but you can watch the first three seasons on HBO Max. Okay, yeah. And I recommend it to anyone. That. Yeah, so yeah, <laughs> definitely watch. Um, just keep watching. Like I said, it's not always laugh out loud. Sometimes it's just more of a light, yeah, feel-goody it's light. show. Yeah. But yeah, that's my underrated TV show, Julia. Oh, okay. Well, it's hard to tell what's underrated for me right now. I work from home. <laughs> I don't mm. talk to that many people. <laughs> but the people I do talk to don't really know about Severance. I've heard of it. Do you do you know about Oh, can you have an Okay, well, let me tell you. What 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 word did you say? Severance. Severance? Yeah. Okay, I haven't heard of it. So Severance is my choice. I'm glad you have not heard a lot about it, but a little bit. Uh, Mm -hmm. It came out on Apple TV, and it starred Adam Scott, Zach Cherry, Britt Lauer. Lower? I hope I'm saying that correctly. Yeah, Lauer. I think it's it's Lauer. A TV show that really makes you think, because um, it's basically about people who choose to sever themselves, and one part of themselves is at work and one part of themselves is at home. So yourself Mm -hmm. that you, when you're in your work mode, Mm -hmm. you know nothing about who you are or what you do or who you're with or your life when you're out of work. Okay. And same thing goes for there. It's making money for you and then you just live your life. Yes. Yes. So basically you know nothing about who you are, <laughs> who you're with, yes. or what you're doing mm-hmm. when you're working. So it's a complete sever of yourself as a person. Mm-hmm. So it's a, a very unique concept in the way it starts off is this woman is like laid out. She's fully clothed, like on a conference table. And there's a voice that's asking her questions and she's getting mad and she can't get out of the room. And they're asking her more and more questions. And then they, they let her come in and it's like an office. And she's told that she chose to sever herself and like work there. Mm -hmm. And the way they work too, it's like really weird. It's, you see like the computer screen and they're like little squares and circles and they, they fidget and move things around and you don't even know exactly what you're doing. And they're like, well, you play around until you'll figure it out. And it's really, really interesting. It's not something you've ever seen. There are rules they have to fiction? follow. It's, is it considered like science fiction? I mean, I, I think so. Because it has that Mm -hmm. science aspect where they actually do like, Mm -hmm. there was like a a procedure done in the brain. It's not like Mm -hmm. it's a pill or anything, you know, and then they call themselves like the innie or the outie. Mm -hmm. And then you follow um, this guy's character. 
um, I forgot his name in, in the TV series because my brain's like that, um, Adam Scott, and you realize that he did it out of grief. So mm. he didn't want to be thinking about what happened to him on the outside like when he's inside. Like I guess it's a, mm. a way of numbing yourself mm. and not know, like completely not knowing or remembering that something bad had happened. It kind of reminds me of, remember that movie with Paycheck with, mm-hmm. is it? Um, ben Affleck. Ben Affleck. Mm-hmm. Where and he, Uma Thurman. Yeah, yeah. he goes yeah. in and he goes into a job and they're like, you won't remember, which you get paid a lot, but you won't remember yeah. your five years at this job. And he says, okay. And then next scene, he's like, they're kind of like, and thanks for working here. Yeah, exactly. Like, and then he but, has to figure out what's happened. Right. Yeah. He gets this but, package okay. and shakes out these items. <laughs> yeah. Well, the, but okay, I have some questions. Yes. Please. Well, I Go was ahead. about to say <laughs> what's interesting about the plot is that it, I guess it's natural human instinct to want to know. So yeah. the innies are like, well, what do we even do here? Because you're not clear on what they do from like moving little figures on a screen Mm -hmm. and just why, just why, why are they here? Why would their Audi choose to do this to them? Yeah. And they don't go home. I assume. Ever, ever. You blank out as soon as you step into the elevator and you're back in Mm -hmm. the office. Ah, okay. Because you don't. That's why I was good. That was my question. Like, so, right. in inside. Okay, I understand. Yeah, right, yes. and so, then you see a scene with okay with this guy, um, Adam Scott. Like he's in the parking lot. He's getting ready to go to work. He's sobbing in the car. You know what I mean? He steps mm-hmm. into the office. He he goes to like the security checkpoint. Gets in the elevator, and then when he gets off, he's like, "What?" Like tears, like he mm-hmm. didn't, he like total disassociation. He like wipes the tears off and just, you know, he's like normal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's his, so are you, is he like repeating the day? No, every it's day, not so. a, re- well, I mean, it's very monotonous because they don't, it's like he works with a team of like three people and then the lady joined them. So it's like a little cubicle setup with just four of them, but there are other right. departments, but they yeah. don't really talk. It's very yeah. weird, and they're it's, trying to figure it out. Sounds, yeah, it sounds like he lives his, like, goes to his 9 to 5, but every time he goes into the building, he forgets what he did inside and then walks back out. And to him, it's just, like, but he did that on purpose, so he doesn't remember yeah. like the, what all he did the at work. Like, all the know yeah. that their Audis made a conscious decision. Yeah, and but, when, they, like, but inside, when they're... Yeah, it sounds like when they're inside, they're like, wait, why am I doing, <laughs> why did I do this? It's yeah, questioning I mean, they, yourself, but. I mean, they know it's, it's not good to ask questions, but. Yeah. At the same so time. So what is the conflict? So the conflict basically, what? I don't think it was I feel like you have to a natural procedure. I think the innateness is what's right. fighting to come out. The, the question, yeah, so, the question. I mean, because I guess what I'm saying is, well, what is what I'm asking is. The point of view of the show, mm-hmm. is it bouncing between the innies and the outies? Yes. So yes. we get to see the, outside. the people outside yes. and what they're doing. It's not two different. Yes. It's not got clones. It's one person. That, yeah. You know, you it's the same person. So yeah. 
the but you don't know. <laughs> it's like if, I'm if, thinking it's if, clones. It's like no. if Dad left, got to work, when he walks through the door, doesn't like he's a new personality. They doesn't remember this life. He doesn't remember mm-hmm. us. He mm-hmm. just yeah. works, mm-hmm. comes back out, remembers us again, but forgets work and goes home. Yeah. And he so knows each, he worked that so day. Every, okay. Yeah. So, See, I was thinking is this severance no, was two things. Like yeah, if your like husband who goes went in, to work, okay. yeah. he wouldn't remember right. he was married to you and had two kids. Right. Yeah. While he wouldn't know work. anything. Yeah. He wouldn't. Yeah. Okay. And then yeah. the day shift ends, he comes out and, and then it's like a different time to go home. But he knows that he worked. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he just doesn't know what he did. He doesn't okay. know what he did. He doesn't know who he talked to. Okay. He doesn't know who he's friends with. Okay, and so they don't know each other when they're outside. If they were to run because, into yeah, each other on the outside, uh-huh. they wouldn't know that they knew each other from each other, work, right? So, what is the thing that triggered? What is something? I, I guess what's if this is day to day? Then in the show, what makes it exciting? What's Probably. exciting is trying to find out what exactly they're doing for work. Okay. Because I think you, you... The natural curio- curiosity. Yeah, okay. exactly. Wait, what, and did and, I do this? <laughs> yeah. And like, I what? Assume, yeah. WTF, I'm on top of a conference room table, and this is how I'm introduced right. to this job. And yeah. it's... Because yeah. are we seeing villains? Are we seeing... Oh, yeah. Are we getting oh, hints yes. of villains? Because it's like, okay. uh, like a big company it's like the huge Mm -hmm. structure of just empty white hallways Mm -hmm. and i should also mention this is a ben stiller movie which is very it's funny because it's not funny Mm -hmm. you know right right. but i mean is it like all these uh, hallways you can barely remember how to get back to your area is it like a mini series or like a long it's a long series. Long I show. hope it gets renewed. I know with the writer mm. strike, it, there's uh, a, yeah, you I don't know, you never it, yeah. know now. It's like yeah, yeah. It's just so good because I don't want to give anything away. Yeah, yeah. Um, but the, I might do like a free trial with Apple yeah, TV and watch it. It's <laughs> and binge it. Yeah. Fascinating. It's yeah. fascinating because the innies are mad at their Audis. You know what I mean? Yeah. You say that, all I think is belly buttons. But yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, we just talked about belly buttons on our last trip away. So it's pretty funny. But yes, because, mm-hmm. yeah, they're okay. they're upset. Like, what would bring me to this point? Yeah. You know? That makes, I mean, yeah, I could see. Mm-hmm. Why would I have done this to myself? Like, they did yeah. it to themselves. Right. Why would you, know? you purposely want to forget that you have a family or right. that you had a life. Yeah. Yeah. And some of the innies are like, do I even mm-hmm. have kids? Do I have a lot? Do I, do I have anything? Like, what do I have? And there's no answer, mm-hmm. you know, and then they get weird prizes if they accomplish a goal. But the, mm-hmm. I don't know. I like, you, you don't know what they're really doing because they're moving things around on the board. So they're just like, I, and things are opening up like a trash can <laughs> and like, oh, good, right. you got it. And it's like, what? <laughs> <laughs> and then the Audis are being questioned like, oh, you work for that company? You were severed? Like, what do you do? And it's mm. like, there's really no answer. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. No, that's interesting. That's interesting. I want to, I want, yeah. yeah, I want to watch that. Yeah. That's- Oh, I like uh, cerebral shows like that. <laughs> yes, it's very cerebral. And Patricia Arquette is in it too. Oh my gosh, she mm-hmm. kills it. Kills it. <laughs> yeah. Okay, well, that sounds good. And that's on Apple TV. 
Apple TV, and I think it said something about... Is it on Prime? I think you might be able to get it on Prime. Okay, video. I'll I'll, mm-hmm. I'll look at it. Yeah, yeah, we'll see because we've got the Prime video. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, uh, my TV show is Alice in Borderland, and that is on Netflix. I watched this after I watched Squid Squid Game. Um, oh. And. Actually, Lex Lex saw it first, and then he told me to watch it. Um, It's a Japanese um, series. The, you know, Squid Games was Korean. And this, I'm reading the description from agoodmoviewatch.com. But Alice in Borderland is a fast-paced, heart-wrenching puzzle of a show that will have you racking your brain and wiping your tears, often at the same time. It combines the wit of Hunger Games, the ruthlessness of Battle Royale, and you gotta see that one. Uh, That's a Japanese one. Uh, The goriness of Saw and the social commentary of Squid Game, though sadly it has yet to receive the same renown as these titles. With each game, the characters must solve a given problem before the timer runs out. So they are told that they're in a game. Um, It's almost like, I don't know if it's around the world, because the the setting and location is pretty much like downtown Tokyo. And these friends um, are goofing around and they go into a bathroom and suddenly the lights go out. Um, there's a whole lot of commotion. Lights go out. They come out in onto the street and everybody's gone. <laughs> like there's no pedestrians. There's no oh. cars. Is it like walking it, out into Times Square and having it all be yeah. like that kind of yeah. thing? Wow. And it's just, yeah. And then there's an overhead thing speaking that, you know, there's, I forgot what the exact instructions are, but letting you know that you, there's a game and you better go do this oh and all God. this other stuff. So as they, as they, you know, they're, they, don't immediately accept that they're in a game, but um, they meet up with other people and so on. And the game starts when you walk past something where there's a light that triggered like a laser. And when you cross it, the time, your timer goes off. So you can't come, you can't walk back. You can't cross over or, or yes, you get killed. So you have to continue on. And um, so with each game, the characters must solve a given problem before the timer runs out. When it does, they die, often violently, and the <laughs> others will witness. While playing the game, um, some of the lead characters also try to solve the bigger picture by figuring out once and for all who the game master is. Because it's, um, they use the cards, you know, like playing cards with spades, clubs, diamonds, whatever the other one is, hearts. And so those, um, those represent something. Um, each, each card and type of card represents something. And that's something they're going to have to figure out. 
Um, so, like the story it, na- it names, Alice in Borderland drives it ca- its characters into increasingly dark and mad situations the deeper it gets. It's also built to last like the novel, which I didn't even know it was a novel. I guess maybe, I don't know. Like a light novel. Playing off of Alice in Wonderland, I don't know. Right, novella. A classic and making <laughs> the bound to be rediscovered and re-enjoyed in the years to come. So I know that it got... Um, it was a hit, you know, like I said, it was a cult classic and it was a hit enough for the second season to oh. come. Um, is but, this a TV? So the, it is a series then. Yeah, it's a series. Um, it's, it's Netflix. on Netflix and, um, what I am trying to find out is, um, I would like to know if this came out before the other one, or did this start it off? Um, Oh, before Squid Games? Squid Games, yeah. Squid Games Games was first in terms of concept, because he did that years ago. Um, But then I guess you had uh, um, the the fighting one with... The Japanese one that you just yeah Battle Royale yeah that's, that's older really early yeah that's like the quality of that is like oh really um, yeah that's but well I'll explain that um, it's a good movie I like it Alice in Borderland got ninety five percent Google Google users gave it ninety five percent Rotten Tomatoes gave it eighty four percent I think that it's really not comparable to squid games um it's just that everybody is familiar with squid games yeah that's like our only point of reference kind of so when you say kind of contest thing people go okay i understand oh right right um um the first season's strong performance and high viewership in many countries resulted in netflix renewing the series two weeks after its premiere and the second season was released December twenty second, twenty twenty two. So it's not a it's not a no mm. that they um, may not get a third season. They just haven't said anything yet. Um, no, they said final. The second and final volume of T- Takamban was released on February eighteenth, twenty twenty one. The second season of Alice. Okay, so this was a manga, I think. Um, yeah. I and mean, a lot of um, live adaptations of mangas don't tend to do all of the seasons. They might do the first two or three. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And okay. it in a button, like a lovely button versus letting it, like they're not like ours that let their shows go on forever. Yeah, the <laughs> right. manga series ended, ended um, January 20th, 2021. Um so there there there're more episodes if they choose to film it. Okay. But right now the two seasons are on Netflix. Um and again, it's Alice in Borderland. The Royal Battle Royale is a it's one where there're kids in yeah, a school yeah. on an island in Japan and they is it a zombie? No, they um, or they have to fight. <laughs> they have to fight each other. But the island, like, 
it's almost like Hunger Games. That's okay. the, that's that's some people that think brutal that Hunger she, Games, br- even more brutal. And oh. some people think that she took that idea from. Oh yeah, oh. I remember that was because a it's very similar. It's extremely oh, it similar. I remember. Oh, but, yeah, I remember that because I watched but Battle Royale again yeah. when Netflix had all this stuff yeah. up, and then when Hunger Games came out and I read the book. I was so, like, this uh-oh. reminds like me of the Japanese story. Now, yeah. of course, she said that she didn't know yeah. about Battle Royale. Which is possible. I mean, which is possible. Games. Uh, but there was <laughs> some stuff that... It's quite similar. <laughs> so similar. Yeah. Um, um, that... Yeah, it's like a broadcast Unless game her of- editor saw it and was like, you know, change these scenes to yeah. whatever. But, yeah. Yeah. you know... Very allegedly similar. yeah but <laughs> it's like oh, wow. a more it's rated it's rated r hunger games <laughs> for okay. sure yeah so yeah but yeah um, so that was my underrated so um tv show so my final underrated thing i will highlight i was gonna highlight a book but i realized that most of the books i read are popular or have a strong enough audience right. that they're not really underrated so i did an underrated video game <laughs> Oh, nice. That's that. Yeah, most of the stuff I read, I'm like, no, it's pretty mainstream. (laughs) Um, So, so a game that I want to highlight is called Prey. Came out in 2017. It was a light reboot of an older series called Prey. Um, It's a science fiction game, and it is takes place in an alternate Earth alternate timeline of of our of earth uh, where the soviet union encounters a alien species they name it typhon um on one of their satellites and they work together with the u.s to um build basically a moon orbiting satellite that they can experiment on the typhon and see what they are because they find more and more of them um, after a failed assassination of JFK, John F. Kennedy, uh, so he doesn't die. So that's the alternative. Wow. So the space program is given a lot of money. And like I said, they, they, I don't want to give too much in case anyone wants to play. If anyone's listening in a game or, or really wants to try a game. Um, yeah, I don't want to spoil it too much, but basically that's what happens. So it's an alternate timeline where they put money to in the space program, into the space program, make a moon base that floats a satellite moon base, and they're experimenting on this alien species. The big deal with the alien species is that uh, it can turn into anything. They're called mimics. There's, that's their nickname. Because they can turn into, yeah, they can turn into anything. So you wake up... Um, so at the beginning of the game, spoiler, little light spoiler, you wake up in your apartment and it's the year like, I don't remember, it's like 2100 or whatever. <laughs> and you go and they're like, you're basically going to go to the space station. Your brother is like the head director of the space station. So you have to do some tests before you go in. So you're doing your tests and partially way through one of the aliens attacks the scientists. Um, and they knock you out and then you wake up your apartment again, the same day, the same time, the same message from your brother. (laughs) So, you know, something's off. (laughs) So it turns out when you open up, um, open up a door that you've been in a simulation for years and you're on Mm -hmm. the station already. 
Mm. He'd been on the station for years. <laughs> and they've been repeating these tests over and over again. And you learn about why they've been repeating these tests. But it turns out the station's empty. Everyone's dead, or at least most people are. And the aliens basically got out. Like, that part was real. <laughs> that part. Oh. <laughs> that part was real. They cut out. <laughs> so, but like, they're like mimics. So as you're going throughout the, the, the station, they can turn into anything. So there's one room where it's like a room full of coffee cups and you don't know which one is the alien and which one is um, a, just a regular coffee cup. Because so, they're mimics. Yeah, they're mimics. That's the point. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, and then sometimes, like, after it kills someone, you'll hear someone's voice, like a distorted version of their voice that it's like the aliens trying to speak like them. And the whole, the whole theme of it is trying to, cause, cause without spoiling anything, it's kind of, the aliens aren't necessarily bad, despite the fact that they're killing everyone. They don't, it's kind of understood that <laughs> they don't realize, they, they don't, well, yeah, it's like, they don't realize they're hurting people. Okay. Like if, like if we went to a planet and we like shook hands, but didn't know that shaking hands kills kill the, them. that can kill them. And we're just like, oh, this is, this is normal for them. It's like, it's not, <laughs> you're killing them every time you shake hands. And that's almost the equivalent of what's happening where it's. It's, I mean, there's definitely some evil alien entities, but there's certain things about them that it's like they are just no acting how they normally act. <laughs> and it's just not a good interaction between the species. Right. And trying to teach them empathy because they don't, they don't have any empathy. So it's like trying to teach something that doesn't understand your species and then has no empathy and doesn't realize that it's hurting you or what it's doing to you, that it's like trying to communicate that to an alien species that's the that's kind of the theme mm. um as well as like fixing past mistakes and stuff and uh you're learning about your life because you've been repeating your life so many times you forgot who you were so you're like each version every time you um reset your personality resets a little bit to the day that you um, woke up in reset that yourself Oh, wow. But every time it it's like each time a little part of you changes, so that you've been writing messages to yourself, but each message is slightly different. Mm. Oh. So some one message is like destroy the station. One message is like don't destroy the station. Take the alien to Earth, and oh. and investigate there. Some of them are like destroy the station, but take a sample. <laughs> some of them, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's like things oh like that. God. So and some of them are like fix what you did and others are like f those people it's like so it's 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 an interesting game because oh yeah one thing that is not a spoiler but um you take these uh i forgot what they're called they're like it's like this chip that goes in your brain that you can uh gain any skill so you upload it in this little chip you take it from someone like they have a skill taken from someone uh, download it to this chip, and then you put the chip in your brain, and you get the skill that they they had. The problem is, is that when you want to remove the chip and maybe add a new thing, like you're like, okay, I want to stop learning piano or knowing how to play the piano. I want to learn Mandarin. But when you take the chip out, it's based on the last time you put the chip in. So if you put the chip in three years ago, when you take it out, you're going to reset to three years. 
mm-hmm. which is why you keep resetting because you keep learning a new new thing. skill and oh, new geez. things and you keep resetting your brain but are you forgetting the piano yeah ah. you're forgetting your the skill as well and but the problem is like your character has been resetting for a long time and you don't know how long but every time it does, it does damage the brain a little bit. <laughs> so <laughs> most people would only reset like oh one God. or two times. He's been resetting tens of times. So it's like, what is that doing to you? Right. <laughs> yeah. So it's a very interesting game. It was underrated, I think. Um, I mean, I think there's a couple parts that are a little slow and that could be why. But right. I feel like the story is really good. It's really I good. I think the story is really, really good. The gameplay is fine to me. I enjoyed it. It's an action, science fiction-y thing. But it's just, like I said, interesting themes of, <laughs> of yeah. like, almost what does it mean to be human? And right. can you teach something empathy that doesn't have empathy? As well as, again, like, fixing your mistakes but not remembering what you did. Um, I gotta tell you, it and, gives me a little anxiety. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there's definitely, like parts of the game where uh you're like it's quietly in the room and then you hear like a voice and you're like "Mm, that's not human (laughs) despite it yelling for help (laughs) it's you're like that's not because there's different types it it reminds me (laughs) of one of the characters from the call yeah (laughs) yeah (laughs) when they were climbing down and the the things were calling out for help. Yeah. Oh. Don't do, don't help. Don't go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um yeah, and but yeah, it's it's a, I think it's a very good game. I think it was underrated. Um it was like I said, it was a soft reboot of a different series so that was very different. Mm-hmm. Um it was also called Prey. It came out maybe in 2010 or something, maybe even earlier. I never played it, but um, I think people were expecting a full remaster of that game, a remake, mm. like right. a true remake. And this one was like more of a soft reboot of a just a s- idea. Mm. Right. I think it was maybe called something else and maybe not called Prey. People would have not associated it with the old game and maybe would have given this one more mm. of a chance. But, um, but yeah, again, I just really liked the game and it was... Not give enough attention, but I'm like, this is a really cool concept and idea. And, <laughs> right. and I would love, I mean, there have not been amazing adaptations of video games into shows or movies, but I would love to see a TV show of this. I think it would be really cool to watch. Right. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. That's but awesome. yeah, if you, uh, yeah, if you play video games, um, I, I highly recommend it. If you never played video games, I would not recommend this game. <laughs> because it might be hard to play if you've never played <laughs> a video game before. But watch a gameplay video of it. There's many online if you just want to check out the story without having to deal with uh, playing it yourself. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right, Julia? I think I have chosen a good one. Um, it's a book called A Discovery of Witches by Deborah Harkness, which, mm-hmm. I mean, I think it's... Um, underrated however they did make a series out of it <laughs> it's currently yeah. on tv but i started watching and i was like nope 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 they switched like an essential element <laughs> in the beginning <laughs> this is not the book so we'll talk about the book today um basically it's a romantic fantasy by american historian professor and author deborah harkness 
It became very popular um, when it was first published in 2011, um, and it was a New York Times bestseller, so maybe not so underrated. <laughs> but um, <laughs> the story follows uh, Dr. Diana Bishop, a spellbound witch and scholar of the 17th century chemistry, and she walks into a library and recalls a book in a magical way and bumps into Matthew Claremont, who um, also wants that book. And there's a malevolent wizard as well, Peter Knox, who wants the book. And so she was able to recall the book um, kind of in a mistaken way. Um, but she falls in love uh, on the way to discovering how to... Um, I guess, reclaim her powers. Um, and of course, Matthew Claremont is a vampire, vampire and witch. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a little bit of friction <laughs> or a lot of friction. And it's about magic. It takes place in the real world and how mm-hmm. there are you know, mythical creatures amongst us, but kind of hidden in plain sight and how they maneuver in our world and how their um, the relationship with Diana and Matthew is forbidden. Um, mm-hmm. The other thing, too, it's full of, like, mystery. There's a lot of suspense, um, romance, obviously, and there's a, a talk of, like, a lot of prejudice within, you know, the amongst the creatures that are present in the book. And it's just, it's amazing. If, if you love history, too, there's so much talk of history and... Uh, origins of different species. I just, I love it. I love it. And it's actually a trilogy. Um, The other books, uh, let's see, it was a discovery of witches. Um, Shoot, I can't think of the other. um, It's like the All Souls. Hold on, it's coming up right now. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay, here we go. The books. <laughs> a Discovery of Witches, um, Shadow of Night, and The Book of Life. Mm-hmm. Love, love, love. I mean, this book has it all. It has um, different types of family, different relationship. It does have a story of like redemption and what's important and when... Like to break rules, it's it, it has it all. Mm-hmm. Highly recommend. So what, and like I, go ahead. What drew you to it? Actually, it was when a recommendation pick, you know, what, okay. from my sister. She said it was a really good read, and she knows how I like happy endings. And mm-hmm. <laughs> and I was like, oh, okay, I'll read it. And it's it was awesome. Just mm-hmm. and and she knows that I like the fantasy element of it. Um. The witches, the witchcraft, you know, Mm -hmm. um, and just, you know, the lovely writing and the interactions between the characters really drew me, as well as as the history. I mean, I know I'm not like a big history buff, but Mm -hmm. they go back. um, There's a little time travel as well. So that was unique that she was able to take these people who live in our current world, like Diana Mm -hmm. and kind of explain it through her eyes, which was really yeah. cool. 
So it's really good. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> I recommend the whole trilogy, people. <laughs> uh, um, the one that I selected was The Eight by Catherine Neville. Uh, and this is from 1988. And I read it, um, I remember I was working at uh, a job where there were a lot of readers and someone recommended it to me. Um, they might even loan me their copy. Um, and I read, I loved this book so much that I would put it on my desk at work and slide it in between stuff so that I could read. And then when my, I could hear my boss coming, I would just slide it under stuff and then when she moved, I pulled it back out. I was like, I read that book all day um, at work. And live to tell about it. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> the eight, um, reading this from, I think it's Wikipedia. It features two intertwined storylines set two centuries apart. The first takes place in the 1970s and follows American computer expert Kat Vellis as she's sent to Algeria for a special assignment. The second is set in the 1790s and revolves around Morel, a novice nun at an abbey in the French Pyrenees. The fates of both characters are interwoven as they try to unravel the mystery behind the Montplain service. It's a chess set that holds the key to a game of unlimited power. A gift from the Moors to Emperor Charlemagne, these pieces have been hunted fervently throughout the years by those seeking ultimate control. So in the throes of the French Revolution, the nun, Mirelle, and her cousin Valentine must help in dispersing the pieces of the chess set to keep them out of the wrong hands. However, when the cousin is brutally murdered in the reign of terror, the nun is thrown into the midst of men and women who would pursue power at any cost, including Napoleon, Robespierre, Catherine the Great, and more. She comes to realize she must rely on her own intuition and tenacity to accomplish her goal. So in the 1972 part, um, Kat, the uh, protagonist in the current setting, faces a similar atmosphere of conspiracy, assassination, and betrayal. When she's requested by an antique dealer to recover the chess pieces, she unwittingly enters into a mysterious game that will endanger her life. As she learns the story of the Montlane service, this chess set, she begins to realize that players of the game may plan their moves, but their very existence makes them pawns as well. And the genres that it falls under is... Um, quest like going off on a quest suspense science fiction romance and speculative fiction and um i absolutely love it 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 you know again it was 1988 so it may be a little dated in some ways of um the intrigue and so on but i think overall the pace and setting and it had the feel of what we would think of a the Da Vinci Code, um, Dan Brown's Da Vinci Code, it had that feel 
of um, this epic quest. And I saw that based on her Facebook. Um, and this this book was the debut book of Catherine Nettle. So I was just amazed of how good this story was. This must have been something she had been working on for years because between the the history part of it and the contemporary part, um, she has so much rich details that you had to have done research. Um, but in 2016, she says, after decades of dancing with Hollywood and foreign film production companies, my book, The Eight, and its sequel, um, which is called The Fire, and are both slated to become immortalized in film. Yay! Unf- unfortunately, oh. that was 2016. Oh. <laughs> As oh. I say, in 2016. Oh. <laughs> so um, there's no word on it. And when I went to her Facebook and looked, there was somebody who 11 weeks ago was like, Whatever happened to the movie, you know? Um, And unfortunately, um, authors who sold movie rights to their books, they, it's like more often than not, it it doesn't go Go anywhere for a variety of reasons. And, um, and the thing is when they, when they have bought your licensing or your rights, then you can't sell it anywhere else. So right. 10 years later, while you're waiting, or however long you allowed them to have it, nothing else is happening. Meanwhile, I think we've had some really good movies um, come out that has a similar kind of Vibe. thing. Where yeah. somebody might have bought it, you know, and updated it. Just like how you had Born Identity mm. um, series that they updated the storyline because I just reread that and it's dated because it was with the Soviets and all of that as the bad yeah. guys and so on. But I felt like somebody could update this and still make it really good. Right. Um, yeah. yeah. So um, hopefully she, this C- Catherine Neville gets her rights back and then somebody else picks it up who is willing to um, make it into a series or uh, a movie, but yeah, the book is the eight. It was her first book and um, it, I, I don't know if it's out of print. Cause like I said, it, you know, publishers are weird. <laughs> it's kind of like, if, I guess if there's enough interest, they'll do a printing. Um, but in the library, you probably can, can find it. Um, okay, and then now that you down. have digital, they can do yeah. digital. So. Yeah, but yeah, so Thank you. underrated. Yeah, so Always we've talked underrated movies. Read. Always looking yeah. for yeah. a good read. So, Thank yeah. you. So we've talked underrated movies, underrated Shows. books, yeah. underrated, and video. underrated video games. Yeah, yeah. So and TV show. Yeah, and TV shows. Oh, and TV I'll shows, put it yeah. in the des- description yeah. so that in case there's anything we yeah. said and you're like, what did they say? Right. I'll put in the description <laughs> of this podcast. We'll give you so the titles. Can, yeah. Yeah. Give you the right. titles and, okay. and go yeah. go search. <laughs> yeah. yeah. All right. And All right. and Julia, what did we say? Stay prickly. All right. See you next time. See ya. Bye. Bye. Bye.